From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Well, back again we are with WIA National News, this edition for February 23, 2014, and I'm still Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. The VK3 Mildura MF beacon that we told you about last week has been heard in VK7. Yes, the new 630-metre band CW Beacon at 473 kHz, run by its builder, Noel Ferguson, VK3FI at Mildura in Victoria's northwest, has been heard throughout Melbourne in Victoria's Latrobe Valley and even a good trace in southern Tasmania. Among the reports from Greater Melbourne was Steve Bushell, VK3HK at Ferntree Gully, who used an untuned inverted L antenna feeding an AACOM 7600. Drew Diamond, VK3XU at Wonga Park in Melbourne's northeast, had the beacon peaking at signal strength 9 with a slow fade to an S2. However, further afield at Morwell, it was heard by Michael Bince, VK3ALZ, who also reported it being received by his friend Ralph Edgar, VK3WRE at nearby Tralgan. There was a later report from David Barrow, VK3DB, also in Morwell, and another from Longford in East Victoria. These reports make a distance of more than 590 kilometres. A good trace of the beacon that emits a carrier during its identification was reported on the Spectral Lab software user and listener Edgar J. Timing at Moomba in southern Tasmania. That report indicates a signal about minus 30 dB was displayed. Noel VK3FI has described that as amazing. The Sunraysia Radio Club meeting was held at Nicholas Point last weekend with the beacon project the subject of a small presentation. The Beacon's presence was announced on this VK1WIA broadcast, put on several websites and the forum pages of the VK Logger. It certainly stimulated activity on the 630 metre band. The Beacon has turned on around 1100 UTC during the local night time when VK3FI is present. Many more reception reports are most welcome and can be emailed to VK3FI at wia.org.au. Now to WIA Board Talk. And the WIA, the image of amateur radio. The trend in our everyday lives seems to be casual, dressing down with denim short tops and sloppy footwear. But the old adage of the first impression counts does determine how some people assess the person and what they have to say. So why should amateur radio be any different? This is something to be thought of about those directly involved in April's WIA Expo held through clubs and organisations to showcase the best of modern amateur radio. We're calling it PR for amateur radio. Now, I don't know about you, but the casually dressed person with unruly hair, unruly hair if you're lucky enough to have hair, and dirty shoes, cannot confidently give me an important message. Now, there's nothing wrong in greeting the audience smartly dressed, considering wearing the suggested T-shirt of the club or WIA to be part of the team, creating a very good overall image with the important message of amateur radio getting through. If it all fits in with promoting amateur radio, overcoming the general community lack of awareness about it, or even to reactivate a former radio ham, it needs the right people and the right messages. With six weeks to the PR for Amateur Radio Expo held during the period of April 11 and 13, check out what's on section of the WIA website. That's wia.org.au. Those of you who read my President's comment in AR Magazine will already know that the financial situation of the WIA has been on the top of the board's agenda for some time, with trading losses occurring over 2012 and 2013. Although the losses are not large, they are certainly tenacious 
and the WIA board has been grappling with the issue for some time. We have already made as many savings as we can without cutting member services or cutting the international representation at the ITU and the IARU. Both of these are critical for our future. However, the printing and distribution costs of AR Magazine last year alone amounted to about $105,000, so that is the obvious place to look for more savings. If the WIA moved to a digital download-only magazine, we would save those printing and postage costs and avoid any membership fee increases for quite a few years. However, the WIA board simply does not know how moving to a digital AR magazine would be viewed by members, or how many people could even download it. So the board considered that that was not a good way to proceed in the immediate future. After much consideration, the board has made three decisions which affect all WIA members. Firstly, the board has decided to introduce a digital download option for AR Magazine alongside the paper edition. That is, AR Magazine will still be delivered to your letterbox in its current form, as it is now, for at least several years. But a digital edition will be available for members' download from the WIA website. Naturally, this doesn't solve the financial problems immediately. So the second board decision is to increase membership fees from the 1st of July this year. Full membership will now be $95 per year and concessional membership will be $80 per year. All other membership categories will rise in the same proportion, except for student memberships, which at $35 a year will not change. To ease the burden for those of you who may wish to do so, the WIA will also introduce the option of quarterly membership payments by direct debit from your bank account. In the event that any of you are concerned that fees for exams and call sign recommendations will rise, let me assure you we're not doing that. One of the problems the board faced when making the decisions about AR and membership fees is that we have really no idea about your ability to download and read large data files. Many members, especially those of you living in remote areas, may not have the required internet speed, or some like me, just like to have a paper magazine to read. Also, we really don't know how many of you participate in WIA activities and access WIA services, or what you think of them when you do. So, our third decision is in the March AR magazine, the board has published a survey which is intended to give us a better understanding about you and what you think of the Institute's activities and services. A much more detailed explanation of the coming changes precedes the membership survey in March AR. Both are also placed on the WIA's website. So please do take time to complete the survey. Do it online if possible or otherwise fill out the paper survey form in the centre pages of your copy of AR and send it to the WIA office. I guess you've heard enough from me. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD, for the WIA. Hi, this is Lorraine. Come and join us for the WIA annual conference on the Sunshine Coast. We have a wonderful partners program planned for you on the Saturday. You will need your shopping bags for our tour of the hinterland and the world-famous Umundi markets. In the evening, we have an entertaining surprise guest speaker for the dinner and an action-packed day on the Sunday that will be of interest to both amateurs and their partners. See you on the sunny coast. Who listens to radio? VK4FRLJ. 
VK in 79 seconds this week. We've only got the two items. They're both from VK4. Unbelievably from VK4 because at the beginning of this year, I announced on the local news, the Q News edition, that unless we had input, the Q News broadcast might as well uh, finish up because we just weren't getting any information from uh, clubs, well, maybe one or two. But this week, we've got three or four items in the Q News and we've also got two items that are going to be of interest to the rest of VK. This is Stuart, VK4 Mike Seralima, with news about our beloved Mount Glorious repeater, VK4RBN. Those in the Brisbane area will have noticed a few changes. Since the Redcliffe Radio Club took over maintenance, the repeater hardware has undergone major refurbishment, with the old repeater being retired after some 40 years of active service. The new repeater delivers much clearer audio and a slightly better transmit power. There is also Echolink and IRLP available. A few overseas contacts have already been made. One of the things that went, however, is the repeater's tail. This got lost during the move to the new repeater. When you key up, you will not hear a tail on the transmission. You might see the tail on the S-meter if your eyesight and radio are quick enough. Your best way to find out if you're getting in is to put a call out and see who responds. It is understood that this will be fixed next time maintenance is undertaken at the repeater site. For those outside Brisbane, try giving IRLP node 6403 or Echolink node 888046 a call. If you're in Brisbane, try giving a shout on 147 MHz, negative offset, no tone, and a narrow deviation. This has been Stuart, VK4, Mike Seralima. The Brisbane Amateur Radio Club wish to advise that there has been a change of venue for the 2014 Barkfest. This year it will be held on Saturday the 10th of May at the Salvation Army Church Hall at Callumvale. The address is the corner of Bow Desert Road and Kamaruka Street, Callumvale. There is ample parking available. Start time, 9.30am. I'm Anne, VK4 FAHF for the Brisbane Amateur Radio Club. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. Ham video commissioning postponed. The European Space Agency has postponed the commissioning of the new ham video system until at least March the 8th. According to Gaston Bertel's Oscar November 4 Whiskey Fox, this is a multi-step process with the possible dates being March 8th for Step 1, March 9th for Step 2 and March 16th for Step 3. These dates are all on weekends. While the agenda is still to be finalised, Bertel's notes that there will be a week of blank transmissions as a part of the commissioning process. Once in operation, the ham video system will expand the experience of those participating in the ham radio in space classroom contacts. Fully licensed in 57 days. There's little doubt that gaining the full UK amateur radio licence is a proud moment and Cathy Collis has every reason to be very proud. She took and passed all three licence levels in just 57 days with no prior amateur radio experience. Kathy, Mike Zero, Romeo Tango Whiskey, is currently a senior systems architect at Anglia Ruskin University. Kathy passed her foundation exam with CARS in October 2013, 
And whilst attending the CARS advanced course in November, she took her intermediate exam with the Bromley and District Amateur Radio Society. With the intermediate successfully under her belt, she was able to sit the full exam session with CARS on the 6th of December 2013. The advanced exam in December was tough, but I was shocked when I passed it with merit to boot, she said. Kathy is also a member of Essex Ham, the online community of amateur radio operators in Essex and beyond. Kathy was keen to get her full licence so she can operate from outside the UK and better understand radio theory. Keep an ear out for Kathy Mike Zero Romeo Tango Whiskey, a success story for amateur radio training in Essex and possibly a record breaker too. It's official. Industry Canada approved access by Canadian radio amateurs to the low-frequency LF band 135.7 to 137.8 kHz subject to certain conditions in late 2009. This was a direct result of implementing changes from the World Radio Communication Conference 2007, which added amateur radio use of this spectrum on a secondary basis. This has now been included in the newly updated RBR4 standards for the operation of stations in the Amateur Radio Service in Canada. Dayton Award winners announced. The Dayton Hamvention has announced the winner of its 2014 Radio Amateur of the Year. It is my pleasure to announce the Hamvention 2014 Amateur of the Year, Dr. Larry E. Price, W4RA. That was Dayton Hamvention General Chairman Charles Kaiser, KD8JZR, announcing on the Twit TV podcast Ham Nation that Dr. Larry Price, W4RA, had been chosen to receive one of Ham Radio's most prestigious honors. Dr. Price served as president of the IARU from 1999 to 2009, and prior to that was ARO president from 1984 to 1992. The Hamvention's award committee said that Dr. Price's leadership had a significant and direct impact on the development of amateur radio throughout the world. Among his many achievements, the panel cited the protection of frequency allocations, the adoption of an ITU recommendation on the minimum qualifications for radio amateurs, the expansion of the 40-meter band in ITU regions 1 and 3, and the allocation of new low-frequency spectrum for use by radio amateurs. The FCC proposed a $7,000 monetary forfeiture against the Catholic, Apostolic, and Roman Catholic Church in Puerto Rico. This for its alleged failure to have an effective locked fence or other enclosure around the tower for its WKVM AM radio station in San Juan. The story goes back to April 2nd of last year. That's when an agent from the San Juan office of the Enforcement Bureau inspected the station's three-tower array and saw that the perimeter fence was not locked and one section was lying on the ground. Also, the individual fence around one of the towers was partially on the ground and the gate was open. In its response, the station management told the FCC that a storm had damaged the fences in the fall of 2012. However, the fences around each of the three towers was still intact. It also said someone had damaged the perimeter fence in the beginning of 2013. The station said it had the individual tower fences repaired and was planning to have the perimeter gate fixed. 
However, the FCC countered by noting that the station had still violated its rules and that the proposed fine is justified. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. Weird and Wonderful it is, and Bill Posters will be impressed. Any fears you may have that Big Brother is watching you can now be officially confirmed. Come March, that's next month, he will be. Next month, the Australian advertising industry will be employing new technology known as Anonymous Biometric and Objects Data Sensors, ABODs. Now put simply, sensor cameras are placed behind or close to the screen frame of a digital billboard, biometrically sizing you up as you walk past. ABODs can tell age, gender, colour, also the number of people in front of a digital screen. Now this is advertising gold. It'll be able to tell you your age range, sex and colour of your clothes. And the Sydney Morning Herald, when reporting on this, said, armed with this information, it'll throw the ads at you that best fit your demographic. If an advertiser wants to target a, target a 20 or something female, the first suitable passerby will be served up with an appropriately aligned ad. ABODs, Big Brother, is here. What use is an F-call? Over the past month or so, I've had some limited HF capability at my QTH in the form of a wire loop that runs around the ceiling in my office. It's not pretty and it doesn't really work that well. Across most bands, most of the time, I've found an S8 or S9 Plus noise floor which makes hearing other stations a challenge. I've been at a loss to determine what's going on. I was discussing my plight with some amateurs over lunch one day and someone hit on the idea that I might see if I could determine the source of the noise by way of elimination. So, with that in mind, I plugged my radio into my battery pack, as if I was portable, and then went to the meter box and turned off the house power. Back to the radio and at first I thought the battery had run out. But no, the radio was fine. The battery was at 12.5 volts and everything was working. One thing was missing the noise. I used my now quiet radio to have a look across the bands and found all manner of activity. I settled on a CW signal, turned up the volume and went back to the meter box. One switch at a time I switched stuff back on. When I heard noise I switched it off and moved to the next switch. By doing this I located two fuse groups that had noisy stuff on them. One of them was the ducted air conditioning system and the other was a generic power circuit. By switching everything else off and just the noisy power circuit back on, I could walk around the house looking for things that were still on. One at a time I would switch them off at the wall and lo and behold, the biggest culprit was the little power supply for my ADSL modem, the one that had blown up twice before and by the sound of it was creating a veritable HF storm on my radio. So now I can replace the power supply for my modem and when I want to play on HF, I can turn off the air conditioner and actually hear the remote station. At some point I'll have to figure out if it really is the air conditioner or just one of a few things on that circuit. But I'm a lot closer to HF Bliss. All I need now is some contacts. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. 
Although the newsroom has been unable to provide any information other than the date for our WIH on Moyle Field Day, it is still on the weekend March 15 and 16. Then in May we participate in the WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3. WIA Remembrance Day, the ID Contest August 16 and 17. Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, 9 days from September 28. Special Event Stations, DX Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. URAO party to introduce digital voice to the HF world. The European Radio Amateurs Organisation has announced their new high frequency on the air gathering that it's calling Experiencing Digital Voice. Its purpose is to help introduce this new mode to as wide a possible ham radio audience, while having fun and meeting other hams on the air the world over. The event is slated for the 1st of March and the 2nd from 0000 to 24 hours UTC each day. The modules will be free DV, which implements both Codec 2 and the FDM DV modem, neither of which is patent protected or restricted. This is not a contest, just rather a radio meeting, but it does have a few simple recommendations to follow. Recommended frequencies for this fun technology gathering and all other needed information is on the web, read at this week's text. And read it in full this week at wia.org.au. Hispanic Technology Net Today, February 23rd at 16 hours UTC, a group of friends from the Hispanic community from all over the world will start for the first time on Reflector XRF 007B. The purpose of the net would be to integrate the Hispanic world into technology sharing about DSTAR and different uses that ham operators are doing in countries like Mexico, XE3RA in Spain, EA5HJX, are doing with the integration of motor turbo into DSTAR and much more all related to digital communications, especially DSTAR. This net will be accessible on Reflector XRF007B, ED8ZABB, IRLP EXP0063, Allstar 27684, Echolink on ED8ZAR-R, Node 1017. This net is in Spanish. Celebrating the Hamanaco Flower Expo. On the air, keep an ear open for the special event station 8N2HHH, active on all bands and modes between March the 1st to June the 16th. This is in celebration of Japan's Hamanaco Flower Expo on the island of Honshu. When you make contact, please QSL as directed on the air. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Lismore, it can be heard on VK2RSC, 146.8 MHz at 9am Sundays. I'm Frank, VK2FRNK. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Digital. Boffin dreams up smart battery gizmo for Raspberry Pi fiddlers. Raspberry Pi makers who are devising mobile projects or seeking to set up stationary Pi-based devices that operate beyond the reach of the 240-volt mains will get a big jolt of help in May if this new doohickey wins sufficient backing on crowdfunding site Kickstarter. Moby is a T-shaped board that drops onto the tiny computer's GPIO pins to provide smart input from DC power supplies. Driving a Pi on battery power is nothing new, of course, but the Mopi designed by Sheffield University computer science boffin Hamish Cunningham provides solutions to the most of the common problems encountered when constructors run Pies away from the mains.
Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Brown University-led CubeSat. The Equisat CubeSat will have a lead beacon visible to the naked eye at night and will transmit data about the health in its position. Equisat, being built by a team of students at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, has been cleared for launch. NASA has announced that Equisat is among 16 small satellites selected to fly on rockets to be launched over the three-year period beginning in 2015. Equisat has not been assigned to a particular rocket, but the announcement assures that the student-led project has a ticket to ride. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the HAMS domain. Apps for HAMS and shortwave listeners at SWing Post. HAMS looking for amateur radio-related apps for their smartphones or tablets now have a place to go to learn about what's available. The online SWing Post has printed a rundown of some of the amateur radio apps that are currently available. Apps for shortwave listeners are there as well. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Wombat 100 bike ride is to take place in the Wombat State Forest on Sunday the 13th of April 2014 and it requires eight operators to assist with the event. The Mount Macedon repeater will be used for the event and any assistance that you can give would be greatly appreciated. Please contact John Weir, VK3XD, on 0427 316 431. Garrick 2014 heads for Alabama, USA. The Global Amateur Radio Emergency Conference, GARAC, in August is hosted by the ARRL Southeastern Division and the Alabama Huntsville Hamfest, a regional ARRL centennial event. All emergency communication-minded radio amateurs and professionals are invited to attend and it's expected to attract participants from around the world. GARAC 14 will be held on the 14th and 15th of August and will be followed by the annual Huntsville Hamfest on Saturday, August the 16th and Sunday the 17th at the Von Braun Convention Centre in Huntsville, Alabama. And the Embassy Suites Hotel, which will hold GARAC 14, is connected to the Hamfest via Skybridge. The Space and Rocket Centre and home to the famed Space Camp are just a short drive away. The first GARIC was in Tampere, Finland in 2005 and it's been held each year with an organising committee working on an interesting agenda with a local host and participation by representatives of the International Amateur Radio Union. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Hi, this is May, VK4OMH. The Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club is looking forward to hosting the 2014 annual conference. We hope to see you here. As time goes by, VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's Halcyon Days. A rewinding we go, and it's across the Indian Ocean, and first stop, South Africa. One notable name in the history of radio in South Africa is John Samuel Streeter, who became interested in radio in 1909, but owing to an unfavourable letter from the then Postmaster General, it was considered best to lie low for a while and it was not until after World War I in 1919 that a fresh start was made with crystal sets and spark transmitters. The first valves were used in South Africa in the early 1920s with such as the type MOR that heralded experiments with AM telephony and long and medium waves. John Streeter used the call sign Alpha 4 Zulu and was the first amateur on phone. He also made the first music broadcasts in South Africa to the public in Cape Town who listened in on their crystal sets. John Streeter became Mr. Radio of the time with regular headlines in the local newspapers. 
He also made the international news headlines when he established the first wireless contact on 20 meters between South Africa and the United States of America. The Radio Informer, a Canadian publication, wrote in its December 1925 edition South African Radio Amateur Talks with the U.S. for the first time. By the way, our first radio amateur and pioneer was W.E. Dixon Bennett, Foxtrot Oscar Alpha 3 Victor. Later he became ZS4 Foxtrot, ZS4 Whiskey and eventually ZS5 Echo Golf. And he complemented his coherer receiver and spark transmitter in 1903 and became the first licensed radio amateur in 1904 while resident in Pretoria. That is exactly 110 years ago. Dixon Bennett had to wait another year before he made his first spark contact with a new amateur named Enzor in Pretoria. All the above events occurred long before the discovery of propagation modes on VHF. You can read more in the Dawn of Amateur Radio in South Africa in the Radio Amateurs and Events of Bygone Days Forum as posted on the SARL General Forums. On the social scene, and if you read the text edition at wia.org.au or you get the text edition sent early to you because you've subscribed to the RSS feed, well, we've got on the text edition material going right through until November 30. That one is actually November 30 in VK3 and it's the Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. But there are too many to put on each and every week, but it is in the text edition. So, coming up in March and April... March 23 and VK3 is the EMDRC White Elephant Sale. That's at 10 a.m. March 28 to 30 and VK4 is the Bunya Mountains and District AMCOM Camp at Somerset Dam. April 13 to 15, right across VK, it's PR for Amateur Radio Expo. April 18, worldwide, it's Amateur Radio Day, your gateway to wireless communications. And finally, on Anzac Day, April 25 in VK3, it's the Anzac Day event at the Ballarat Showgrounds. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening and walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've recorded. You decide.